Welcome to the Pet Project Podcast with Sarah, the creator of PetProjectBlog.com. Each week is a healthy dose of news, views, and activities to help strengthen the human-animal bond. I'm Steve, producer of the show. On this week's podcast, Sarah discusses all things rabbits, who are they right for, and how do you keep them happy? But first, let's hear about some recent posts on Pet Project. I learned something interesting recently. A couple of weeks ago, I was looking at our dog, Saffron, and realized that her nose, the end of it, the part that's usually black, was looking a little lighter than it used to. And being the kind of person that I am, I immediately started worrying that there was something wrong and Googled, you know, lighter dog nose, something like that. And immediately found out that it's called snow nose or winter nose. And it's something that happens to a lot of dogs. It happens in the winter, hence the name. Uh, but I couldn't find a very good explanation of what was happening. My assumption was that they're not in the sun, and so they lose pigment like we um, lose our tans in the winter sort right. of thing. But... I wanted to find a good article to link to that described it and couldn't find anything. And so also being the kind of person that I am, I wanted to understand the process so that I could write about it knowing what I was talking about. Mm -hmm. And I kind of fell down the rabbit hole on this. It ended up being way more complicated than I ever expected. I learned more biochemistry than I have since I was in college made me feel really dumb. (laughs) (laughs) It was really hard to understand. And just to kind of give you a summation of what I did find, there is an enzyme called tyrosinase, and that is the main regulator of melanogenesis. And melanogenesis is the making of pigment in skin. So we have melanogenesis when we are out in the sun Mm -hmm. and dogs have it, you know, in the end of their nose. And it's not just controlled by UV light. It's also controlled by temperature Hmm. and friction. So these are the three things that control the rate of melanogenesis. So they think that the snow nose is caused not just by the lack of light, but also the cold temperatures. And what happens is that summer comes, the dog's nose darkens again. Yellow labs are really susceptible to this, apparently. And usually it darkens again, but some people wrote that as the dog ages, it may not go back to the completely dark black Mm. that it uh, used to be. Snow nose is completely harmless. There's nothing wrong with your dog, but there are other things that can cause your dog to lose pigment in its nose. So if it's accompanied by like sores or it looks like it's painful or swollen or anything like that, a crust, you know, you need to get to the vet. And also if they completely lose the pigment in their nose, you need to go to a vet um, and have some tests done. But snow nose is not a problem. And it's just, it's not the entire end of the nose. It's mostly the center Mm -hmm. of the nose. And there's a picture on the website of a dog with snow nose. So you can see what it's like. Saffron's isn't as extreme as that. In fact, most people probably wouldn't notice it, but I'm kind of neurotic. So (laughs) 
Well, you learned something about dogs yep. that you didn't know before. Yes, and cool. melanogenesis and <laughs> way more biochemistry than I probably need to know. But there you, there you have it. Now, one of your recent blog posts mm-hmm. uh, reminded me of an earlier podcast we did, episode 110. Yes. Building cat environments. Right. You mentioned in that podcast that changing the environment for the cat mm-hmm. is very important to keeping the cat happy. They're curious creatures. And you found something online. Yeah. Tell me about that. It's really neat. It's a company in Taiwan, and apparently they're only available in Taiwan right now, but they're coming to other markets. And it's called Cat's Wall, and it is this unit, I guess, that you mount on the wall, and it has um, horizontal boards and different shelves and platforms and cubby holes and boxes and things that you can fit into those slots in any kind of configuration that you want to and you can change it and you can basically make an entire wall into like cat playground heaven and the really cool thing is that you can change it really easily so it's always going to be interesting it's always going to be new and Stuff like this tends to be expensive, and it's frustrating when it's just one thing. So for something to be as flexible and changeable as this is really cool, but you can't get it anywhere else yet. And Mm -hmm. I was looking at it, and I thought, you know, this looks really familiar. This looks like something I've seen before. And I realized IKEA has this headboard that is the same idea and it's a also a unit that you attach to the wall it has um, horizontal boards and it comes with six small shelves uh, that you can move around really easily and it's like 150 bucks so basically it's slats in the wall right and you take your um platform Uh and just put little brackets in in there Mm -hmm. like you might find at a cheap store or something like that where they just put their hanger their clothes hangers up against the wall and these things it looks like you don't even need a bracket you just fit them in and the counterweight okay keeps it in place it just kind of fits in there and yeah so it really looks like it's easy to move and you know the ikea one is simpler it doesn't have boxes or cubby holes or things like that but Nothing is stopping you from making something like that that would fit in there. And six shelves is a good start. I think that we're actually going to get two and put them in our guest bedroom for the cats. Because mm-hmm. we have kind of a small house and we, with three cats and a dog could really use more real estate for the cats to uh, play on and be cats. So and yeah. it's, it's nice that it's a headboard because nothing helps you sleep more than having a cat. Right. Lurking above you at all times during the night, uh-huh, going exactly. up and down, yeah. glowering over you like right. a gargoyle, yeah. and perhaps falling off of it maybe onto your face. Pouncing onto your stomach when it's time for you to get up. Yes. Uh-huh. Pleasant. Awesome. Yeah. But it does look really cool. Yeah, I it really does. Really nice. um, and one thing, the shells that come with the IKEA one, they're covered in melamine, which is really slippery. So uh, what I intend to do is probably hot glue some sisal down on it woven what is sisal it's a natural fiber that you can get it in rope form but i would be using a woven form places that provide green alternatives for um, interior design often carry it rugs 
Pier 1 will sell rugs that are made out of it. Seagrass is another option. You can find that at lots of places, Pier 1, those sorts of places. And I would just, I plan to cut a square out and just glue it on the top. Nice. Yeah. Well, thanks, Sarah. You're welcome. Easter is coming. Yes. And so for today's podcast, you want to talk about bunnies. Yes. I know when Disney or Pixar Mm -hmm. comes out with a big movie about a particular animal, for example, of course, 101 Dalmatians is a big example, but also probably Finding Nemo. Yes. Every every kid wanted an animal that's featured in that one. Oh, I want a clownfish. Oh, I want a... But... uh, it's sort of common knowledge that maybe yeah. that's not a good idea for right. every kid to run out and have one. Now, yeah. is that true of Easter too? Do yeah, you... apparently it still happens. Really? Um, yeah. Even with the efforts that people are making in terms of educating about this, every year after, I guess about maybe a month after Easter, the rescue organizations have surrendered rabbits or rabbits start showing up in public parks it happens here in Seattle and they they reproduce like bunnies and then the parks department has to do something about all of these rabbits and I know in one instance they were going to basically go I guess poison or something all of these rabbits at one of our parks yeah Woodland Park there Mm -hmm. was a a a warren of rabbits underneath this big tree that was sort of on an embankment right and there were roots and everything and holes everywhere yeah and it's kind of fun to actually to go and see them. But, right. of course, these rabbits were domestic rabbits yeah. that were abandoned. Yeah. And I think they ended up doing something about it, whether it was well, trapping them or poisoning them. A rescue you know. group was very upset yeah. and said that, you know, please hold off on that. We will trap the rabbits and we'll take care of them. And I believe that that's what they did. There's another park in Seattle called Discovery Park where it happens too. And you're right. They're domesticated. The the one park, Woodland Park, you'd see them dead in the road because mm-hmm. there's a road that winds through the park. Right. And I'm sure that, you know, people take their dogs there. Dogs may have gotten a hold of them. It's just not not okay. Yeah. Think long and hard before you get a little bunny for your kid or somebody else's kid. Yeah. I imagine that parents group rabbits into the same category as a hamster or a gerbil. I think so. It's a, it's a fuzzy, smallish animal. Right. At, at first, at least. Right. That uh, that just kind of eats and does nothing, so right. to speak. Right, but That's what they think. Yeah. But you're saying they're not a good match no. a lot of times. No. Um, unless you have an unusually calm and responsible small child and one. Pretty much just two kids is going to be too much for a rabbit. And I was thinking about this. They're really sensitive animals, and it makes sense because they're a prey animal. Mm -hmm. So they're going to be very sensitive to sound, visual cues, everything like that. It's what keeps them alive. And children are not predictable, and it just is too much stress for them. Uh They also don't do well with changes in their routine. Rabbits. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kids don't either, but um, (laughs) particularly rabbits. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you can have your kid taking care of the rabbit because they really need to be fed, watered, played with, 
you know, as part of their routine and it needs to be consistent. And it, I, I really don't think it's a good idea for children to be responsible for any animal. Mm. They're children Mm -hmm. and that animal shouldn't suffer because a child is being expected to do something that it's not capable of. The idea that children should take care of a dog is just really misguided in my opinion. I think that they should participate in Mm -hmm. taking care of the dog for sure. Um, But they shouldn't be the one who's responsible for feeding and watering and walking and bathing and that sort of thing. Um, One of the points that I uh, saw being made about how wrong it is for children to be responsible for rabbits is that when they're not doing well, it's not readily recognizable. Mm. And so it's not the sort of thing that a child is going to go, you know, I don't think this rabbit is feeling so good. So something that could have gotten taken care of gets missed, Mm -hmm. which isn't fair to the animal. Mm -hmm. It isn't fair to the kid either, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Um, So you've got a prey animal. Yeah. And the child wants to hold it. Right. (laughs) Basically, like capturing the rabbit. Exactly. And the rabbit may not enjoy that (laughs) right right you know they look like still calm little creatures when they're out there nibbling grass or whatever but you're right they're a prey animal and the idea of being held i think is kind of counter to what they're programmed for some rabbits will be lap rabbits and they like to be held some of them like like to be held on their backs and they'll get really relaxed um i think they call it a trance like Mm -hmm, you can mm -hmm. get them to just kind of zonk out but when they don't want to be held they kick they bite Mm -hmm. and they've got you know those big teeth they can really hurt and rabbit kicking i mean they can really hurt little arms they can hurt adult arms if they're holding them and the other thing is that they're physically delicate so you know getting squeezed by a kid is not going to be okay you know they've got those ears you don't pull on their ears yeah they just are, you know, more delicate than a lot of animals. And also apparently, and I hadn't, I didn't know this, they are susceptible to illnesses caused by stress. Hmm. So they'll even get sick from stressors in their lives. So small kids and rabbits, not a good mix. And you're not saying that rabbits are not good pets at all. No. An adult can raise a perfectly happy rabbit yeah. and... And I think pet teenagers it and hold it and stuff like that. Totally, but you're saying specifically kids. Yeah, young probably kids, not good. Not good. Yeah. But teenagers, I think they they're fine with that because teenagers they're much more predictable in terms of whether they're going to start screaming or, mm-hmm. you know, part of me has always wanted a rabbit. We used to keep rabbits when I was really young, and we lived in a rural area in New Mexico, and those were food rabbits Mm -hmm. but i always wanted one for a pet because they're just so soft and pretty and they're just gorgeous and And that nose that little nose yeah (laughs) yeah their nose is that i wish you could see him he's doing a rabbit nose (laughs) who knew he had that skill (laughs) (laughs) so yeah they make really good pets and they have they need they should be house rabbits and um i want to get out there that there is an incredible website the house rabbit society and oh my god they have put so much effort into uh providing an incredible amount of information it's a really good resource and i'll have a link to it on the blog they're incredible 
I have very rarely come across a pet website that has so much information in one place. <laughs> really phenomenal. So one of the things I didn't know was that rabbits really can have individual personalities. You can have kind of playful, outgoing rabbits. You can have sullen, surly rabbits, sweet ones, silly ones, smart ones, dumb ones. You know, they run the gamut, which makes them really interesting. Also, they can be trained. You can train them to a litter box. And so the way a lot of people have it set up is they have a crate that the rabbits are kept in when there isn't somebody to supervise. But when there's somebody around, they let the rabbits out and the rabbits have the, the house to play in and explore and everything. And they are litter box trained. So they don't, I'm sure there are occasional accidents, but they generally know that they need to go poop and pee in their litter box, which is pretty clever and much more convenient. And they're fun. You know, they're silly. They play with toys. They play with each other. They can be friends with other rabbits. Um, they don't always get along, but uh, there's information on that website, the House Rabbit Society mm -hmm. website, on introducing rabbits. And there are all, almost always adult rabbits to be rescued and adopted at like your Humane Society or the Pound or whatever, mm. because people get them and don't realize what they've bought into. They're not a low maintenance pet, mm. but they're a really rewarding pet and, and they're fun. So because they're, they do better off in a house, you actually don't need a yard to have them. I suppose they, they would be thrilled to be outside and I think that there are rabbit harnesses, so you could take them out if you don't have a fenced yard for some sunshine, that sort of thing. And they need sunshine in the house, too, so they need to be able to get to a window and, you know, get some sunshine. Rabbits can also live with other pets. They can coexist with cats. And if you have a dog that doesn't have a high prey drive, they can coexist with dogs. You know, you need to supervise and you need to introduce them carefully. And again, the House Rabbit Society website has information on that sort of thing, too. So check them out for sure. You mentioned keeping a, a rabbit inside. Mm -hmm. Is that a very smelly proposition? I don't think so. I mean, if you're taking proper care of them, you need to keep their litter box clean and their bedding clean and that sort of thing. It shouldn't be smelly. As I mentioned before, rabbits do much better if they're an indoor pet. Not only is their health going to be uh, better, but you're going to improve the human-rabbit bond. I really think that outdoor pets, you just don't have that connection. You miss stuff. You miss the fun, but you also miss if there are any issues, if they're not feeling well, you know, if there's something wrong. I think our pets and we just do better if they're inside with us, with our family. That doesn't mean they can sit in a cage all day. They, I think at a bare minimum, need three hours outside every day, playing and interacting in their world for them to be healthy and happy. And that means that you have to rabbit-proof your house, hmm. which is kind of the big reason I don't have and haven't had rabbits. I just, I don't think I'm really willing to go that extra mile. Also, I can't have any more pets. But rabbits like to chew all sorts of stuff. And they like to dig. And you just, I think you're going to have to accept that there's going to be some damage. 
Right. But there's a lot that you can do to mitigate that and check out the website for suggestions on that. You need to be careful about electrical cords, furniture, that sort of thing. And also providing them an outlet for those behaviors. It's very similar to dogs and cats that if you focus their attention on acceptable ways of digging and chewing, then they're less likely to do it on things that you don't want them to. So give them stuff to chew on, give them something to dig in, bedding, that sort of thing. Because those are hardwired instincts and you're just not going to get them to completely stop doing those things. So give them an outlet for it that's acceptable to you. How long do rabbits live for? A lot longer than I thought they did. Eight to 12 years, which I had no idea. You know, we kept them for food, so they didn't live that long. (laughs) Right, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, so that's a commitment. Yeah. It's not just going to be like five years and then whoop. Right. And you're not going to be able to flush it down the toilet. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So eight to 12 years, that's about the lifespan of a cat, basically, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a big commitment. Yeah. And then expense would be another commitment. Right. And I think that's something that people forget when they're wanting to get a pet. There's the whole romantic idea of I've got this little creature, la 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 la. But there's a price tag that comes with any animal beyond the initial outlay of money to get it. So with a rabbit, you're going to need a pretty decent sized cage. You're going to need to get them spayed or neutered because you're going to have behavior problems if you don't. Mm -hmm. Their vet visits, food, and food includes fresh vegetables. So you need to factor that in. Uh, Litter. They need stuff like hay and they need toys. Rabbits. Yep. Need toys. They do. They play. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So stuff they would chew on, stuff Mm -hmm. they would. Okay. There are even interactive toys that you can get, like uh, treat dispensing toys that they have for dogs and cats. They have rabbit versions, and I have a link to one on the website. I'll put it in this um, post. The toys don't have to be expensive, and the House Rabbit Society website has a great fact on toys that you can make yourself, things that... You can repurpose as toys for rabbits, stuff like untreated wood, untreated wicker, those sorts of things make really good toys Hmm. for rabbits. Cardboard, because they like to shred, Mm -hmm. boxes, toilet paper roll thingies, all that sort of stuff is fun for a rabbit. But you have to remember that they're going to be acting like rabbits. They're not going to be acting like cats and dogs. They're rabbits. And we have these preconceived ideas of what a pet is going to be gets us into trouble it gets us into trouble with dogs gets us into trouble with cats like we think they're going to be a little person or something and a rabbit's not going to be a dog it's going to be a rabbit so it's going to have prey reactions to things it's going to get startled Uh, some of them will never want to be held some of them won't want to play but some of them will and even the ones that don't want to play or don't want to be held, they still have interesting aspects to their character. So if you decide to have a rabbit in your home, I'm imagining like a wire cage for it to be in, uh, which is not exactly attractive to have in your in your house, no matter where it is, um, with the bedding and all that. Up on Pet Project, you had a post about a guy who made a rabbit cage from a bookcase. Right. Yeah, it's a great example of how living with your pet doesn't have to be ugly (laughs) 
You know, it doesn't have to be an ugly cage that your your rabbit is kept in. So in this instance, he took a, a nice looking wood bookcase and he put a screen on the front of it. And I think that there are like some doors in it so that you have access to the inside of the bookcase. And then he um, made ramps and stuff between the different levels of the shelves and their cubby holes and stuff. So the rabbit actually has a fair bit of territory to roam vertically. Nice. Um, yeah. And get some exercise and stuff. And it's in the living room. So it's with them, even if it's not out of the cage at that time. And I just, that's good, better for everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. The fun of having a pet is that connection that we have with them in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I know some people have animals for status, but that's, I don't think that's fun. The fun part is just that everyday interaction with them. And if their home is attractive, then you're more likely to have it in your own living space instead of like stuck in a utility closet or, you know, something like that. Right. One of the best ways to improve the human-animal bond is clicker training because it's a really good way to communicate with your pet. And you can do clicker training with a rabbit, which I think is just amazing. They can learn a lot. In fact, there is a sport that is rabbit agility. I've seen this. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, they did it on The Amazing Race. Did they? Yeah, yeah. I forget what country they were in. Probably Sweden. Yes, I think it was. Because that's where it started, and it's called rabbit hopping. Okay. You know, they have long winters there. (laughs) It's really cold. (laughs) And this is an indoor sport. Yeah, Yeah. and so there are videos on YouTube, and I, I have a link to one, where there are kids and adults, I mean, like grown men, (laughs) <laughs> running beside their rabbit that's like hopping over fences and they do distance and they do height yeah and it's so cute because rabbits are really they don't look like a whole lot no you know they're very subtle animals and so these bunnies <laughs> they like hop 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 up to the gate that they're going to jump over and then boing and they yeah. like jump way high up and it's and then the, at the other side they're just like doo, 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 doo. Yeah. I mean it's hysterical <laughs> and it I don't know seeing a grown man running next to them and you know pumping his fist when it jumps is like so funny <laughs> so you could totally do rabbit agility mm-hmm. and I've seen and I have I'll do links to the posts where I I posted videos where they're doing agility training similar to what they do with dogs so. The rabbits are going up ramps. They're going down ramps. Through they're tunnels. Jumping. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when a rabbit balks at something, it, it it's just the funniest thing. I mean, it's one thing when a dog goes, yeah, I'm not going to jump over that. But when a bunny does it, it's just kind of surly and like just, I don't know. <laughs> there's something funny about it. And I have a link to this too. There is a website called Disapproving Rabbits. That is one of the (laughs) most hysterical sites that I've ever seen. So it's photographs of very disapproving looking rabbits with hysterical captions about what they disapprove of. Please tell me some of them have Hitler mustaches. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there may actually be some of those bicolor ones that have that. They rabbits really can cop an attitude. Mm. I mean, these guys just look like they are so fed up 
with everything. (laughs) (laughs) But then on the flip side of that, there is something that is just incredibly adorable. It's called binkying. And it's like hucklebutting, which is something that dogs do, especially bull terriers seem very prone to hucklebutting. And it's just kind of when they, I call it fritzing. It's like they're short circuiting or something out of joy and rabbits do it with they like jump up in the air and they kick their feet a bunch of times before they come down like Mm woohoo look what i can do Mm -hmm. and let not steam sort of thing and again it's just really funny because all you know this rabbit is this very still thing and then suddenly it loses it and it's just like being a nut and uh, I have a video on the website that somebody took of theirs, and I think they've got it in slow motion in parts, so you can really see what this rabbit is doing, hmm. and it's hysterical. And this rabbit also binkies in response to its person acting like it's binking, like with its with its hands, which reminds me of what dogs will do when you do a play bow. A lot of dogs, if you slap your hands on the ground, if you're like squatting down, yeah. do a play bow. They'll do it back at you. It's one of the first times that Saffron and I like really connected when we first got her. And she was, it was when she was still really scared of us. Mm-hmm. And we were in the backyard and I was trying to get her to play, but she just was really hesitant about running. She didn't want to turn her back to us, that sort of thing. And so I leaned down, squatted down, and I slapped the ground with my hands. And she just stopped and looked at me and suddenly was just just really happy looking and she i think did one of her spins and it was awesome so rabbits do that same sort of thing when it's called binkying so what are you doing for easter this year i more celebrate spring the coming of spring because um winters are really hard for me in the northwest so i am getting ready to plant the vegetable garden i have it all plotted out and saffron and i are spending a lot more time outside She's very happy that spring is here and that the winter is finally going away. And I have a few projects on the horizon. I need to repair the window box that we have for the cats. And I'm building a second one for an upstairs window for our diabetic cat, Sage. She doesn't leave upstairs very often. And I want her to have more access to stuff that's interesting and that'll make her feel good and happy. I am pretty sure I'm going to be putting up one of those Ikea headboard thingies in the guest bedroom. And I have another Ikea related cat thing that I haven't done a post about yet because I want to put it all together and see what I think about it. But it's basically taking one of the poles from one of the shelving units that Ikea sells and turning it into a column of cat platforms so it's kind of like a spiral staircase that they can go up and there are bigger platforms that they can lie on it doesn't take up very much floor space so resist the urge to get a bunny for a child for easter but definitely consider getting a rabbit if you're an adult only household or if you have teenagers definitely consider adopting one from a rescue group there are always ones that need homes and they make really neat pets. Thanks for listening to the Pet Project Podcast. To make sure you get each and every episode, go to iTunes and subscribe. 
And while you're there, it only takes a minute to write a review and give us a rating. We'd really appreciate the feedback. And while you're at it, tell a friend to check us out. We'll be back next time with another episode of the Pet Project Podcast.